welcome back to Sarah Speaks for episode three. I am so excited to be joined today by Ruth Lachance, who is president and founder of Insure Me Inc. Is that right? That is right. You Yay, got it. You got, I got it. it. Yeah. Ruth, thank you so much. I kind of hounded you <laughs> to come on this uh, show because <laughs> I just know that you have so much great stuff to share. Tell me a little bit about you, how you got started. You're based in Hollowell, Maine. I am. Yep. Okay. And tell me a little bit about yourself and how you got started. So I come from a family of eight kids, right? Um, traditional mom and dad, four boys, four girls. And um, so um, when I say how I got started, a lot of my background comes from that rich family connection and values, those family values that are still really important to me. You know, but let's fast forward. So uh, I am really happy to be here, and I don't felt I didn't feel like I was hounded at all. <laughs> I'm so glad. <laughs> so, um, so I moved to Maine um, in 1988, and I worked for a computer company, and I was in sales, and I and I've always been um, in a sales position because back in the day, my father told me, I don't understand with an accounting degree how you're going to sit still in an office. So I found a way, you know, you find a way. And I would sell computers and I had a business degree so I could go in and talk to them about debits and credits. And then as happens to a lot of women and men, but women when they um, decide to maybe marry and have a kid or two or three, um, what do you do? Mm-hmm. You know, so that you feel like that opportunity slams slams that door in your face when, in essence, that is truly an opportunity to find something else to do. So I went from sales uh, to going home because I couldn't stand that my daughter took her first step at daycare. I couldn't take it. I just couldn't take it. We have an adoptive son that was four years older, so we were blessed to have you know, a daughter of our own. So I went home and I said, oh my goodness, I'm not sure this is for me either, but I created an office at home and worked from there. I, from there, I worked with a lot of real estate agents. Before you could go to realtor.com and look up an address, we had these MLS books. Mm-hmm. So I would create these MLS books for all these real estate agents around the state. Wow. And that was, that was a good job. Yeah. You know, it paid yeah. me so I could stay home with my daughter until kindergarten started or preschool started. And that was a big deal. And then what do you do? Now I'm like, okay, so they're back at school. I was lucky enough to always be there for all their sports events because those heartstrings get torn constantly, I think, for the female professional, especially with this pandemic. When you look at who's not oh working. Oh my gosh, yeah. yes. Who's not working right now? Yes. It's all the women. Right. They're they're homeschooling. And they're juggling, juggling, juggling. Constantly. Mm -hmm. Even more today than I did 20 years ago when I first moved to Maine. And so when you then moved on from doing the MLS work, how did you get involved in insurance to the point (laughs) of of where you are today, being president of your own company? Well, that's um, that's great. My, My accountant really liked me. He and I got along famously. And I kept sending him people because he did such a great job for me. And uh, he used to work for the IRS, so he, he really does a great job. And um, he said, I'm thinking about opening up um, a mortgage broker 
and I'd like you to go take the class and take the test. I'll pay for it. And um, you can be done at three o'clock when the kids get off the bus so you can still go home. So that's what I did. It was awesome Perfect. job, you know. Again, I got to go home after school and get the house settled. And I, ha I was really lucky. I had in-laws as well mm. that really helped out because, mm -hmm. you know, that family thing is really important. So I was a mortgage broker and the um, real estate market burst. What was that, 2008? Yeah. yeah, 2008. So I started doing some um, graphic design and um, I took my test knowing that I, I needed a flexible schedule. I had a daughter in high school that was a, a pretty uh, good softball player. I didn't want to miss a game, and I didn't. For four years, I never missed a game. And you know, from there, it's just, boy, so where do you go with insurance? Well, you know, and I started in uh, 2009, and I was an agent, so I would talk to businesses. Never had a problem talking to people as my father recognized early on, that you're not a bean counter in the back of the room, you're gonna, you're gonna need people, and I do. I really need that interaction with people. So it's really involved today into finding businesses who will let me in the door and talk about how maybe life insurance will help their employees, how life insurance can save for retirement, there's so many new kinds of life insurance policies now. It's not just for when you die. So I have a lot of life insurance clients mm -hmm. as well as um, the, the niche that I'm in now is um, uh, health insurance for people who have Medicare. So we all think that that's retirement and it's not always retirement. Some people are on disability. Some people um, uh, need to understand if uh, their lower income, what can I do about all this expensive stuff? So what, what pulls me is um, helping those people, empowering themselves to take care of themselves mm -hmm. and have a policy that's the right fit, not one that costs them four or $500 a month. Some people have that kind of cash flow, but not my average client. You're really passionate and it comes through when you talk about your product and your work and the services you offer people. But your career has taken many twists and turns and mm -hmm. you've done many things. And that is very common amongst women. Women are far more likely to switch careers <laughs> once, twice, three, four times. I know I've had, there's been many incarnations of the me. So what is your best advice to women who are thinking about making a career change or they're afraid of losing ground you know they they feel like they've gotten so far in their career they don't know if they want to go into a new field because they'll lose seniority what would you say to those women to those women i probably would say uh, i'm a little bit of a gambler as the room probably knows and i i don't mind moving <laughs> i i in fact am looking for um agents right now for me to train mm -hmm. you know you get free training um free i put people in front of you that sort of thing but i would say to always do your research we have you know the encyclopedias at our fingertips now with our cell phones and our our laptops and you can research or you know, simply give me a call. I would talk to anybody that wanted to, that had an, an inkling of maybe I want to step into this as a part-time thing 
because I did that with my insurance because I was still getting paid somewhere, you know, with, with some of my other projects that were going on. But I wasn't really sure because it was a straight commission thing. Mm -hmm. So don't be afraid to be successful. Yeah. Don't be afraid of that. Empower yourself. And what, what makes, what gives me the passion is, is watching clients and my other agents. I mean, I have agents that work for me now. So um, I, I, I meet with them once a month, face to face or in a Zoom these days. But hopefully as we get, you know, vaccinated, we're going to be able to meet face to face again. But take the chance, as they say. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me what qualities that you look for in your agents um, that you see in yourself? Like, what are the similarities between you and your agents? That's a great question because um, the first thing that I have to do every year is I have to go to Medicare.gov and take what they call an AHIP test. Mm -hmm. So it's ethics. You have got to be an ethical person. You know, you have to have a passion for who, for what you do. Um, and you got to have good character. You got to have great character, you know. So if, if we did a Google search on you, what are we going to find, mm -hmm. you know? And you can explain it because everybody makes mistakes in their lives, mm -hmm. um, me included. I saw a meme recently that said, the 1990s, so many memories and so little video evidence. <laughs> I was so like, glad. thank God I was a teenager in the 90s and in my 20s and the 90s. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, right. we want to make sure we all have impeccable, you know, oh, public you try. backgrounds. Right. Private right. backgrounds as but well. But we also, we also were 16 and 21 at one point as well. And I've lived, you know, I've lived in downtown Boston before. And those are the fun grownups, right? Yeah. Those are the fun grownups are the ones who have stories. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Exactly. So you want people who are able to relate to other people because everyone's got stories. That's right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Everybody's got stories to tell. And I think that, you know, honest, you know, you know, we don't want anybody who, because you, you have a, you know, a fiduciary responsibility to do what's best for the client, not what's best for my checkbook. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, I just left somebody who wanted to switch her plan and I said, you're, it's not in your best interest to switch. Now, I could have walked out of there with a commission today, but instead, what did I do? I passed her three or four business cards and asked for a referral. Mm, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And so do you think that really caring about the outcome for people and compassion is a really important quality for everybody? I think it is. I, it, I do. It's interesting. We had um, Betsy Sweet last week, oh. and she was here just talking about her experience and her businesses and how compassion is really at the center of what she thinks is lacking in a lot of ways in politics and business and all. But this is exactly what you're saying. There's a common theme here, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. When we were growing up, four boys, four girls in my family, family of eight kids, two parents, mm -hmm. ten of us, mm -hmm. and... Um, uh, the boys got to go to college and the girls, my father told me to learn to type. And I really was offended by that in 1978. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what? Well, so I, that was also the year I think the women got to have credit cards on their own uh, without right, their husband's right. signatures. Yeah, could be, right. If my memory serves me correctly, not that long ago. But I did learn to type, so I took his advice and said, there you have it, Dad. I learned that last week, so mm. now I'm going to move on to... <laughs> What else I want to know? What do you got for the next 72 hours, Pops? Right. <laughs> right. Exactly. So, you know, so living in that kind of world. And, and one of the things that I, th I find for women is, is that there were a couple of positions that I actually left. 
um, that I found out that I wasn't getting paid the same as my male compadre. Now, that shocked me in the 80s when I figured that out, late 80s, early 90s. And I thought, why? I have the same education. I have more experience. In my opinion, I'm better at it. Right. So what the heck, right? Right. So, so when I go and approach somebody and say, well, you know, he's got a family of three. You've got a little dog at home. And I thought, oh, my aching head. One interview I had with a very prominent man here in Augusta asked me why I wasn't married at 29. Wow. Wow. Right. Wow. And that, right. so that was 1989. That wasn't that long ago that I was asked that question. And, you know, we talk a lot about the 82 cents on the dollar. That's where we are today. Right. right? Women right. to men. Do you feel like you've seen it change over time? Or do you feel like in 1989, pay was still that, like, even worse? Or, I think I it mean, was even worse. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely know it was worse. Um, but one of the things that I figured out, becoming a realist, becoming a, a, a mortgage broker or an insurance person, haha, you can't, you have to pay me the same. Well, and so do you think entrepreneurship has helped level your Absolutely. income? Absolutely. And do you recommend that? For I, I really do recommend it because you, you just don't know until you try, you know. How many times did Michael Jordan have to make that foul shot before he actually started getting them? You know, you're going to fail. Just pick yourself up and know that that next door that opens is could be the could be your door. Right. And and fulfill your desire to not only make the same money but find that passion and uh, fulfillment from your your job, which we talk about every day. Where do you think you've seen the most changes in the workforce? Obviously, salary has been one of them, right? They, we just mentioned, but mm -hmm. what else has changed, do you think, in for professional women over the course of your career? Uh, I no longer have to dress like the men. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember I used to feel like I had to go wear my, my white collar and my black top, uh, black suit, and now I feel like I don't, I can still, I can put some flowers on, I can put some earrings on, maybe a spray of some perfume, and carry my own. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's one thing. I don't have to look like a man to get paid like a man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And as far as opportunity, I do think more doors are open at this point. Um, I used to live in Knoxville, Tennessee. One of the things I would say to, uh, I was in sales, and I would say, oh my goodness, these, and I would sell to um, medical uh, clinics or hospitals, small hospitals. I sold billing, medical billing systems in Knoxville in Kentucky. And I can remember saying, boy, if it's this hard for me, yeah, I can't imagine what a person of color, yeah, a female of color would have in the Bible belt. Yeah. One of those, one of those um, occurrences is what moved me back to New England wow. and said, I just need to go back where I belong. <laughs> well, and we talk 82 cents, but as we've mentioned, I think in both previous episodes, women of color make substantially less than that to this day in right. 2021. Right. So the inequities are real. They are real. They are real. And, and I, I really do like these uh, movements that are happening, the Me Too's and the, the Black Lives Matter. It does matter. And even me being brought up somewhat in, the, in South Florida and in the New England area, 
I said, well, I've never been prejudiced. I've never been, I've had a black boyfriend or I had a, um, a Cuban boyfriend in high school. And um, my father didn't like it so much, but it really wasn't his decision. So when I look back on some of those things, I, I think, what, what were, well, I guess I do have some thoughts that I need to rethink. You know, and I thought, not me, I'm not prejudiced. Well, there are some stigmas that are, have been set in our heads since we were in elementary school, probably. And the willingness to be aware of our own internal ingrained prejudices is what's going to help move everything forward. I hope so. And, and, and stop talking about it and actually effectuate reform and change. Exactly. In the workforce and beginning to end, nuts to bolts. No right. question. Right. Like, how, you know... How many white guys are on the on the cover of a particular magazine that we see every month? Oh my gosh, we have <laughs> we have that's a that's a common conversation right. around here. Yeah. Um, what do you want for your daughter? I want her to come home. Okay. <laughs> as far as her career and her opportunities, what yeah. what's the picture you want for your daughter, Lindsay? I, I um, speak very highly of her because she does have a business degree and a minor in marketing. So she's she's a takes that the apple didn't fall that, that far. Right, <laughs> right. But she but she has taken it on by herself. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I hope that she gets to, she's a very kind of secure person. She's had the same job since she graduated from college. She's turning twenty nine this summer. I can't even believe that. But so what I want for her is I want her to be an equal in that multi-million dollar, it's actually a billion dollar company that she works for in Tampa Bay now. And I'd like for her to come home one day and say, the boys are asking, well, she did do this. The boys are asking me to go golfing with them. I'm going to have to go learn to golf. You know? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that, that is, uh, uh, that's encouraging to hear mm -hmm. that. I mean, I, don't, I can't remember anybody that ever, any group of guys, white, black, or you know, whatever skin color, that actually invited me to come play golf with them. I remember being a softball coach for my daughter and the guys asked me if I wanted to go to the garage and have a beer after practice. And I went, absolutely, you know, and I'm the only mom out there catching for my lefty pitcher daughter. And I'm looking around the room. This again was in the nineties. Where are all the moms? Why don't they can catch too, you know? Right. So it's not what I want for her. I think she, I want her to recognize what I did and her father for her and, and take it to the next level for whenever she has a family so that she enlightens and lets those children, um, whether adopted or birth or whatever she decides to do, um, that she takes them to that next level. What do you read? What's your go-to? Hmm. Do you read the news? I do read the news. Okay. I read the newspaper. My Great. Hu my husband loves the newspaper every morning. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you know, we read our KJ every morning. Um, I read a lot, a lot of um, policy stuff. Uh, policy meaning insurance policy. I look at uh, uh, what our uh, legislators have voted on in the last uh, week every Sunday. That's mm -hmm. one of my go-tos. Mm -hmm. um, I look at the economy, I look at the classifieds, and I always wonder, where, where the classifieds shrunk, right. you know, since oh, the yeah. invention of, of the net and job fairs and all of those things. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I try to look to see who's hiring. That used to be my list of 
people to go talk to. Right. Right? Who's hiring? They're doing well. Why don't I go in and see if they need insurance right. or um, whatever, you know, whatever sure. occupation I was in at the time. But I, I also take my weekend read is usually a, a novel that doesn't make any sense to anybody. I you love know, it. Like, you know, off to, yes, you know, a downtime. Ne- never, never you land. You need it. Yeah. That's my vacation. If you had to give a sentence of advice to the women out there, just one sentence, to wrap us up and take us home, what would it be? I think women in business today need to have um, a couple of things going for them. A funny bone and a very strong backbone. Well, that is the best ending to a conversation that we've had yet. Ruth Lachance, thank you so much for making the time uh, of your busy day to come talk with us. Oh, I'm blessed that you asked me. Thank you. I'm so excited. Thank you so much. And until next time, thanks for listening to us on Sarah Speaks. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Sarah Speaks, where we talk with women about business, not about women in business. Please be sure to hit subscribe and stay tuned for upcoming episodes. Mm